Fatherhood is fascinating. One day you're dad of the year, and the next day is, well, the next day. Welcome to Positively Dad, a podcast designed to help dads embrace the journey. Here we go. It's episode number one of Positively Dad. Thank you so much for joining me. My name's James Shaw. I'm a dad, just like you probably, and I have a seven-year-old in my house, almost seven, and her name's Naomi, and then I'm married... uh, Gosh, we'll be nine years this year to my amazing wife, Terry, and I'm excited that you've joined me for this journey of Positively Dad. You know, I've wanted to be a dad as long as I can remember, and and I thought, gosh, how do you do it? I mean, there's no handbook. There's no manual. I have the experience from my dad, who was amazing, and, and, um, you know, what others have told me and what you see on TV and what you think fatherhood's supposed to be like, except there's not a lot out there for us. I mean, moms, they've got books for them and and groups to go to and all these things to do, and then kind of dad's just hanging out like we're supposed to figure it out. So I thought, well, let's help each other. Let's help each other on this journey and embrace fatherhood, learn from what works great, and learn from what we do that isn't so great, learn how to be amazing dads to our kids, how to be amazing partners in our households. Uh, maybe you are uh, not with the mother of your child anymore, and how does that work? And you know, maybe you're working multiple jobs to make ends meet, or maybe you stay at home and everybody in between. That's who this is geared for. This is geared for dads who want to be awesome dads. Maybe you adopted your kids. Maybe you have stepkids. Maybe you have your own kids. Maybe you're raising somebody else's kids. Who knows? It's for you. It's for you because dads matter, right? Dads matter to our kids, and, and it's our responsibility to show up for them and, uh, and be there for them and help create some amazing people. So that's what we're going to talk about in this podcast together. And I value your feedback, so I'd like to hear from you. You'll find us on just about every social media platform. It's at Positively Dad, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're online, PositivelyDad.com. You can send me an email, James at PositivelyDad.com. I'd love to hear from you what you think, because I'm making this up as I go. I have no clue what I'm doing, quite frankly. So I'd like to hear what you think of the podcast. I'd love to know who you'd love to see on the podcast or a topic that you'd like covered on the podcast. And I'd love to be able to connect with you. So let me know what you think. And today, to kick things off, I, I, I thought this would be a really good way to start. And that is, what are our responsibilities right now as a dad? Because that's changed. It's 2019, and the role of a father looks different today than it did maybe you know when we were kids or when our dad was a child or so on and so forth. The, the days of that dad goes to work and comes home and, and pays all the bills and hangs out at home and he gets home because he's tired, and so then it's mom's responsibility to cook the meals and take care of the children and all that kind of stuff. For the most part, those days are over. Just there's lots of factors, and we're going to look at that, and yet just the, that style of family is much more rare now than it was, say, 40, 50, 60, 70 years ago. And uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm excited to welcome our very first guest on the show. His name is uh, Dr. Kevin Schaefer. He's an associate professor of sociology at BYU. And I'm very excited to have him on the first ever podcast. Dr. Schaefer, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So what stood out to me, what was really interesting was, you know, here I'm, I'm, I, I have this feeling about what a dad should be like. And I've always felt like it's not what other people think. You know, I'd be really involved, show up at everything. It's okay to cry, um, you know, and, and, and just be everywhere, 
you know, participate in everything at school and it felt like that was weird. Then I found your study and we went, oh, wait a minute. This is like more common now. So the role right. of the dad is changing. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, think, that's, I think that's true. So I think over the last um, several decades, uh, dads have taken a bigger role in things like caregiving and participating um, in activities like you were speaking about, um, doing more um, around education, being more involved in their kids schooling so it's the role has definitely expanded beyond simply the um idea of being a breadwinner and being a disciplinarian so we we've moved past uh i put a roof over your head and wait till your dad gets home i think yeah those days seem to be over in most families and is that what is that really a result of do you think so i think it's i think it's a couple things um one is that um, in the U.S., there's been economic stagnation for you know 35 or 40 years in terms of um, real wages that households are bringing in. So, um, as a result of the fact that things are getting more expensive, um, more and more families are moving to a dual income um, arrangement, um, and uh, you know the result of that is that dads are going to have to take a, a bigger role um, because the responsibilities that typically fell to moms um, uh, have to be shared as both uh, parents um, engage in breadwinning and taking care of uh, children. I think the second thing is just there's been a, a substantial cultural shift. So I'm almost 40 years old, and uh, a lot of folks I talk to in my generation they talk a lot about how they don't want to be um, like their dad. That's not to say that they don't appreciate um, how their dad parented them, and they didn't appreciate everything that their fathers did for them, but uh, really want to take on a more hands-on approach to parenting than maybe their fathers um, did. And so I think those two things combined have really had a substantial effect on um, changes in how men parent their kids. So when you say a more hands-on role, could you, you be more specific as to what what are dads doing now that your dad and my dad didn't do, and especially our yeah. grandfathers didn't do? Right, yeah. So, um, so the story I always tell in my classes is, uh, so uh, my wife, we were visiting um, her family, and uh, we were visiting her grandfather. And uh, her grandfather and grandmother had eight kids and uh, ended up with 100 great-grandchildren and grandchildren by the time they passed away. And we were at their house, and my um, infant son needed a diaper change, and my wife was talking to her grandparents, so I said that I would go ahead and um, do it. And um, her grandfather remarked that that is something that he had never done in his life, um, changing a diaper, right? So things like that, just very, very basic caregiving, um, you know, changing diapers, helping kids go to the restroom, um, your, you know, grooming habits, uh, that helping kids through that and helping kids take baths and showers, right? Those are things that dads have historically not done that they're doing more of. But at the same time, it's also other stuff, right? So dads are, are showing more warmth towards their children than ever before. So um, engaging in more um, affection, um, 
they're engaging in more sort of emotional availability than ever before. So dads have made themselves more available to their kids when their kids need to talk about problems that are going on in their lives. So, you know, overall, dads are taking on a much bigger role across all kinds of parental roles um, than ever before. Yeah, you guys, in your study, you reported that you're finding dads are engaging with their children more during the week, um, even as the child gets older, right? So you get into the, the preteen and teen years, they're much more engaged in what's happening. And the amount of uh, engagement they have when it comes to discipline is actually going down. Right. Um, and, and so what were the, what did you find out from the, you know, about what the children thought of their fathers based on, you know, what the changes that you've seen and how dads mm -hmm. are parenting? So unfortunately in our study, we didn't have, uh, questions about, um, kids. So kids didn't get questionnaires, but there are other studies that approach, um, approach that question. And overall, um, and probably not surprisingly, that when dads are more involved in the lives um, of their children, their children report much better relationship quality with their parents or with their fathers um, than, than if the dad is not as involved, right? And they see both of their uh, parents, both moms and dads, as um, reliable uh, parental figures in their lives. So they don't think of moms purely as like the primary parent and dad as a secondary parent, which um, tends to happen when dads are not more involved as um, as parents, but see both mom and dad as uh, equal co-parents um, in their eyes. And so, um, and that relationship quality has really strong effects on kids, right? So we know that, um, that kids with really involved fathers do better in school. They are healthier, both physically and mentally, um, and just report that they have better overall well-being than kids who don't have involved dads. When I read your study, the first thing I thought of was, you know, how I remember my dad telling me that, that I don't know that my grandfather ever told him that he loved him. And if he did, it was not, a, you know, all the time. And the uh, that seems to probably be something that at that time was common. Uh -huh. You're talking a lot about emotional engagement and 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 just being there for your kids. Right. So are, are we finding that dads now are saying to their daughters and sons, I love you, and they're doing things with them and and just making that time feel special? Are you noticing a shift in that behavior? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, um, you know, we talked about those cultural shifts um, previously just about, you know, how dads are um, uh, want to be more involved in the lives of, of their children. And I think that's really where the rubber meets the road in terms of, of emotional support, um, showing love towards their kids, you know, demonstrating that they love their kids. Um, so, you know, my father, who, you know, I greatly appreciate, um, uh, you know, probably didn't say I love you very much um, while while I was growing up, and uh, you know there was very much this sort of unspoken uh, thing in our household where it was like, well, Dad shows his love uh, for you through you know working hard and putting food on the table and putting a roof over your head, which I totally understand. Um, now, 
<laughs> but when you're, you know, eight-year-olds, ten-year-olds, maybe don't understand that as much. And so I think what uh, what a lot of new dads, right? So um, dads, sort of like late Gen Xers um, and millennial dads, realized is that look, that's not how I want to parent my kid. I really, really want um, to have an experience where, um, you know, I want them to to know that I love them. Um, and not just through actions, but also through um, words. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that's been a huge substantial shift, right? And so um, there was recently just an analysis that looked at uh, millennial fathers, right? And they're very, very different from um, their own fathers uh, in lots of ways, including, um, you know, how demonstrative they are towards their kids. Yeah. Well, the thing that sticks out to me, though, is, and this has been a hot topic in 2019, is, you know, well, we're supposed to be manly men and not have emotions right. and, and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And, and the Gillette ad comes out and, and uh -huh. uh, creates quite the conversation, which was, to me, a little bit surprising. Um, mm -hmm. the, because, gosh, if I hug my kids and tell them I love them and I show up at everything at school or whatever, no, my job is to put the roof over the head and, and, and pay the bills and bring food home. The, the, right. the manly man kind of conversation is really a big one right now. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely is, right? Like, uh, I was a bit taken aback by the controversy around that ad as, as well. Um, so I think, you know, you and I are on the same page, at least on, on that one. Um, I think what happens, and I, you know, so I think we in academia um, maybe have labeled this idea of toxic masculinity with the wrong uh, term. Uh, it's the term that was chosen, um, um, unfortunately, but maybe it's just it, it's a hot button term um, because maybe the way that that a lot of the general public sort of thinks about that term is that that uh, you know psychologists, sociologists, etc. are saying all masculinity is toxic. That is not what we are saying by any stretch of the imagination. Um, there are certainly um, very, very positive um, aspects of masculinity that have very, very positive aspects, not just on men themselves, but also uh, their family members and people in their community. So, for example, um, goal orientation, which is you know a, a norm around masculinity, is right. incredibly positive. Um, you know, no one would say like, "Don't be goal oriented." Um, that's not problematic, right? And and in some ways, you actually we've we've demonstrated in the in the research literature that that sort of masculinity is really um, a good thing. So, for example, men are more successful at smoking cessation programs than women, in part because of that goal orientation that comes along with masculinity. The problem is, is that goal orientation is positive, but then it can get into a place that is negative, right? Which is um, stepping on other people in order to get what you want, right? And so that's the toxic version of masculinity. Being goal oriented, great. Um, you know, being willing to do whatever it takes to get what you want, not great. <laughs> and so, um, you know, similarly, when we think about parenting, um, uh, you know, I think some men, um, and if you can see this in things like, uh, you know, TV or movies, particularly from, you know, the 80s um, or early 90s, 
the the idea that I'm going to show affection and love towards my kid, um, particularly if it's a boy, um, is deemed problematic because there's this idea that I must avoid any sort of thing that might be um, considered, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, something that uh, that would question make people question my sexuality, that might accuse me of being gay. And uh, that is a toxic idea, right? The ability that you can't show affection even towards your own children because someone might question your sexuality, um, that's, that's something that we should avoid, right? That hurts not only the man himself, but it also hurts his children. And so um, that's what we mean by when we talk about toxic masculinity. It's not all masculinity or, or anything. It's very extreme versions of it. Yeah. You said, uh, you know, being goal oriented or being loyal, which tend to be traits of masculinity are great things to have and great mm-hmm. things to teach to your sons and daughters. Right. Where uh, aggression, uh, detached relationships, you know, not showing emotion, not asking for help, that sort of thing. That that's what you'd put under that. And I'll use air quotes right for toxic masculinity. Right. Exactly. OK, so. um if you were to say um, how that applies then to us as dads, all right, mm-hmm. give us the how-tos, right? So if I'm right. – and, and certainly a relationship with your child is not a checklist. And though sure. if I'm going, okay, my model is my father, uh-huh. and we're saying it looks different now, How are what are the ways that, that I connect at a deeper level with, with my kids and, and just be more engaged with them? Yeah, that's a, that is a great question. So I think – um, the first thing is just a, a total willingness um, to be vulnerable, to show emotion, um, to show um, you know love for your children um, in demonstrable ways. And so um, that's the first thing that I tell dads when they ask me, what can I do better? Um, because kids flourish and do so much better when they have those kinds of experiences from both their moms and their dads. Um, the second thing I would always recommend is that with your partner, um, whether it be your spouse or someone you're cohabiting with or, um, you know, if the, the, your child's mother or whomever, um, that you have a really open and frank conversation about what parenting looks like um, in your circumstances. So a lot of parenting today is about negotiation. Um, we can't just sort of fall back into old roles and old stereotypical roles and think that our families are going to work. Um, they just they don't under today's circumstances. And so having a frank and open conversation about expectations, what we're going to do, um, is uh, really beneficial, not only just for the couple, but also um, for the way dads um, engage with their kids. Let me ask you a question about that real quick, if you don't mind, and then we'll come back. Yeah, go for it. And that is, I imagine that having a father that's significantly more engaged, which is what we're seeing now, it also makes for better marriages? Absolutely. Yeah, no, 100%. (laughs) Yeah. Because mom is mom's roles change too. Quite frankly, I mean, you know, yeah. mom's mom, you, use your 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 wife's grandparents. I imagine that her grandmother didn't work, and her dad, and and her grandfather did. That's right. And yep. and he has, you know, how how many children? How many children did you say he had? 
they had eight eight children so her yeah. work was raising the children and 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 uh, and and taking care of all of them and doing all the stuff and his work was show up and make the money to pay for all right. of that stuff exactly and yeah. and so now with with it's difficult i mean imagine what it would cost for a family of eight to survive in 2019 <laughs> yeah um you know if we're not a ceo we're not paying that bill and so mom has to work so therefore a division of labor is almost just this natural byproduct of what's happening. And so therefore we have to do this almost out of necessity to make our marriage survive. Absolutely. Yeah. And I will say also, um, uh, not just for marital quality, but for the quality of life of your partner as well. So there's actually really, really interesting research on the effect that involved dads have on the health and well-being of their partners. So if, uh, if a couple has a child together, and the dad is highly involved, the mom is healthier. And the mom is healthier both in the prenatal and postnatal period. So um, the more dads are involved in the prenatal period, for example, going to doctor's visits, um, going to birthing classes, those sorts of things, um, it reduces the risk to mothers um, during the childbirth process. Um, those moms end up being healthier and having uh, and being able to recover more quickly, and that extends well into um, after the child is born. So uh, moms with uh, involved dads in their lives, they um, are psychologically healthier, they experience less stress, um, and they are physically healthier as well. So it's not simply just a um, question of of um, it's not simply a question of, you know, is our marriage better, but it's also a question of, is my partner yeah. doing better just overall? Yeah. Right. Healthier, happier, feeling better, emotionally better, all of those things. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So, so what you've said is let dads show your feelings, right? It's okay to show your mm -hmm. feelings, be, be vulnerable, be engaged. Right. What else would then your tips be as far as engagement with your kids? Right. So I think one of the things that's really hard for dads, and you know, I'm a sociologist, so this is how I think about the world, but one of the things that is really hard is that the world sort of sends us messages that we're secondary parents. Um, and so you know, one of the examples I give is I have four kids. Um, I've had four kids in three different states. Um, I, I've never been in a doctor's office that had a seat for me um, while my wife was getting a prenatal check. Um, we often aren't sort of invited into, um, you know, the, the school lives of our kids. Um, you know, requests for parent-teacher conferences often go to moms. Ca phone calls go to moms. They don't go to dads. Um, we're often not super welcomed into, you know, quote-unquote parenting spaces. And I think what dads have to do is, they have to just make themselves or make a place for themselves in those parenting spaces. Um, you know, really make a commitment to being a co-parent, um, not falling back into that secondary parent role. That's actually a really easy thing to do, right? Because, um, you know, even from early childhood, we're sort of socializing girls to be moms in a way that we don't do that with dads. Those messages are um, given to us, you know, 
over many number of years. Right. Um, well, we get, so we really, get our really daughters dolls. We get our daughters dolls, yeah. and they, you know, they can change the diapers and can come with little mm-hmm. cribs, and they're dressing up and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and and right. then the boys are doing something completely different. And if the boy right, wants exactly. to play with dolls, then we have a question about what's wrong with the boy. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas we should just we should make a commitment to being an equal co-parent um, and taking on a co-primary parent role, um, whatever that looks like for individual dads and, and families. Right. right. Um, yeah. But that, I think that's the most important thing. So, you know, I guess your advice would be, you know, if you can get involved in something at school, get involved. Your 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 children's school likely has some sort of of, you know, uh, you know, parent a PTO or something like that, that you could be involved in that probably is a group of 15 or 20 moms that exactly, would love yeah. to have some dads there. If your, <laughs> if your school has a yeah. chance for a dad to come in and volunteer in, or for parents to come in and volunteer in the classroom, then take an afternoon off from work and go in and volunteer in the classroom because the, that there's a true benefit. What I'm hearing you say is there's a true benefit for dad. There's a benefit for the ch- children and there's a benefit for your partner when you do those types of things. Absolutely. Yep. Very, very well stated. So what's the, I guess, if you're going to put a bow on this for a dad as a big takeaway, who's invested some time to listen to this today, what would be the, the big, big takeaway that you'd have for them? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it, it really is really become committed to being, um, a father and that commitment to being a father, take on that identity. Um, if you are a dad, um, and take it on in a way that sort of makes you not worry about, um, what other people are thinking or doing, um, because you're parenting in the best way you possibly can. Um, what we have found is in the, in the literature is that when dads sort of remake their idea of what masculinity is um, to include things like caregiving um, and being emotionally available and warm towards their kids and towards their um, partner, that they have, you know, they're doing better, their partners are doing better, and their kids are doing better. And so um, maybe I, that's a that's a hard task um, to take on. Um, uh, but not falling back into sort of old, comfortable things makes us um, better fathers and helps create better kids as a result. I think all all dads would say that they want their children to feel like that if they were in a tough situation, that they can come and talk to me. Absolutely. And, yeah. and what I'm hearing you say is that's something that dads earn over time. That's right. Yeah. So, um you know, trust is not something that just automatically comes. We're not biologically programmed to just, you know, trust our parent automatically. Um, it's something that is built over time, right? Have have a relationship where you can um, where you can talk one on one. I I had uh, a, a colleague um, a couple of years ago who um, had a had a teenager that was going through a, a really severe mental health crisis. And uh, and he said, I feel like a failure as a parent. Um, and I said, I don't think you're a failure as a parent. Um, and he looked at me in a really inquisitive way. What do you mean? Um, and I said, look, like mental health crises are going to happen. And a lot of times they're completely outside of our control. Um, 
But the fact that you have a child that is willing to come to you and say, I'm having a mental health crisis, um, means that you have fostered a really, really positive relationship with your child and that they feel like they can tell you anything and not worry about what the consequences of that are. Um, and that starts, you know, from birth and continues well on into adulthood. Um, so, you know, work on building that relationship from day one. So we have dads listening that are, I mean, they've got newborns in their house, they have teenagers in their house, or, you know, anywhere in between, and maybe older, and they're going, well, now, wait a minute, my kid is X years old, and, you know, I recognize that I haven't shown up in this way. Mm-hmm. Is it too late? No. <laughs> uh, the answer is definitely no, right? So, um, thankfully, kids are really, really resilient um, in a lot of different ways, um, and uh, and going back and... and uh, and and reevaluating the way that you're parenting and even having a frank conversation let's say you know you have a 16 year old and and you're you're thinking about this right now or even a 20 year old right or or whatever um you're thinking oh man i just i messed up you know what like apologies go really far in life um and and talking to your kids and saying you know what like i've been thinking about this a lot uh, lately and i just don't think i was doing this um, in the right way. And I want to apologize, um, for not doing it in the right way. And I want to move forward doing it differently. That's a really powerful moment. Talk about a vulnerable moment, um, that really could build a connection between a father and his child. Yeah. Which may not exist otherwise. So right. Awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Well, listen, I appreciate you taking the time out to be on with us today. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. I had a, I had a blast. Good stuff. And here's my takeaways. I'll give them to you real quick. And I know that you had some as well. It's, it's you know, first, let's just get down at the same level as our kids, whether they're seven like mine or maybe they're 18. When something doesn't go right, own it. Apologize for it and look at what that does to build relationship. Cry with them. Hug them. Tell them that you love them. And just really share life together with them. When I was studying and reading to have Dr. Schaefer on, I found some information from from BYU. And one of the things that the story talked about that I read that said um, that, you know, fathers right now who have young children are engaging with them a lot, right? Several times a week. And fathers of older children who engage a lot with their kids know a lot more about what their kids are doing, which is kind of like a duh, and yet it's true, right? The more they're engaged and active, the more they know about what's going on. That fathers of uh, children now are only sometimes engaging in very harsh discipline, which seems different than before, like that, that dad was the disciplinarian, and that you were at school, like Dr. Schaefer said, and they go, well, do you want me to call your dad, right? And maybe those days are kind of changing a little bit, and their dad's no longer the moneymaker and the disciplinarian. He's now a part of the family, right, who shows love and compassion. Um, right now, fathers say, fathers of older children are saying they're acting warm toward their children and have stronger relationships with them. And this was the big one, that fathers of older children told Dr. Schaefer that they believe that their child often turns to them to emo- for emotional support. So those were some takeaways for me. And here are some reminders I think we should look at um, as, as we reflect on our conversation with Dr. Schaefer. And number one, it's okay to show and feel your feelings, right? That that helps you become more engaged and more involved and be an example. 
Uh, like he said, he talks about how children are paying attention to our beliefs and they adopt a lot of our attitudes. So make sure those are ones that we'd like to see in them. Um, you can be a man at, without being the tough guy. And in, in fact, being the tough guy can sometimes be associated with poor parenting, according to BYU, which can negatively affect our kids. So think about what's it really like to be a dad. And it's great to be a nurturing, nurturing, caring, hands-on dad. And that's the truth about something I notice is that, you know, when I go into my daughter's school and there's a lot of parents there and there's a lot of dads there and we're outnumbered by moms. And I'm not discounting what dads have going on. There may be dads at my daughter's school listening right now. And I'm not discounting that in any way. It's could we use a vacation day or take some uh, a long lunch or something just to show up you know, just a tiny bit more at times would be really, really awesome. So anyway, I trust that you enjoyed the interview with Dr. Schaefer. And again, we value your feedback at PositivelyDad.com on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook or email me, James, at PositivelyDad.com. Now, the last thing we're going to do in this episode was something that was important to me. And that was I wanted to include my daughter in this in some way. So I told you I have an almost seven-year-old daughter named Naomi. And um, I, I'm, I don't know about you. Maybe you have a child that age or... Um, you remember when your child was that age. If you don't have a child that age, I will tell you of the seven whole years I've been a dad, this has been my favorite, is this age right here. And and so I think you'll enjoy this. Uh, one thing I offered to her, I said, honey, would you like to be on daddy's show? Now, my daughter, this is an easy answer for her. And it was, yes. I said, great. Um, I'm going to let you talk about whatever you want to talk about. So you've got to think about what you would like dads to know from a kid. And whatever you want to talk about is what you get to talk about. And we're going to call it the kid's corner. All right. So here you go. 100% Naomi. No, um, no uh, sort of, uh, I don't know. I didn't give her any ideas. I didn't lead her on in any way. I just said, what do you want to talk about? So here you go. The very first kid's corner. What are the kids thinking? Time to find out in the kid's corner with your host, Naomi. Hi, I'm Naomi Shaw, and today we are going to talk about what do you like and what don't you like. If your kid does not like you talking about what you did at school, well then tell them nicely and say, can you please tell me what did you do at school? And they might say yes. That's the tip from Naomi's Corner. Thanks for listening. Bye. All right, there's your answer. Just be nicer to people. All right, be nicer to your kids and maybe they'll be nice to you. It's just that simple. Hey, I trust that you have enjoyed uh, the very first episode, episode number one of Positively Dad. It's been my honor and joy to bring it to you. Again, my name is James Shaw and I thank you for listening. We desire your feedback at PositivelyDad.com. Um, also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Positively Dad. We've got some other good ones coming up too, so uh, be checking out and, uh, and looking for our episodes. Again, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time on Positively Dad. Bye-bye.